Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. Well, good evening, good evening, everybody. How are you guys doing today? This is Pastor Robert with the Liberty BR Podcast, and I am so excited to talk to you guys today. I hope y'all, I've been waiting all week. I felt like I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. So um, we have a great show planned for you guys today. We got Joey P from Broken Chains in the Church and International. And I'm excited to have him on here. He's going to be talking to us about church, addiction recovery in the church and how we get it wrong and how we get it right, how to do, do it better. So if mm-hmm. any of you guys know anyone that is dealing with substance abuse or, or even has a substance abuse ministry, tonight would be a great time for them to tune in and just hear how people are dealing with it and how we're doing it, how God has sanctioned us to go forth in this ministry. So right now, Father God, I just thank you, God, for the opportunity to talk tonight, Lord, and I just pray, God, that you lead and guide us in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So, Joy, how are you doing today, bro? I'm doing good. I'm doing uh, really good, you know, very blessed, uh, just Trying to get settled into our new house. Uh, the Lord has blessed us. Uh, what? You know, after all the yeah, after all the mistakes and all the you know uh, bad choices and everything I made in my life, man, I'm finally you know getting to that place where uh, buying my first house. So uh, very blessed, very excited. Yeah, that that has to be exciting, man. So so tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about your family. Um, just to share with us your story. Ooh, man, how much time you got? Well, we got an hour, bro. So, (laughs) well, I'll tell you this. Um, You know, I I would have to say that a lot of people say that, you know, marijuana is a gateway drug and and things like that, alcohol. And, you know, I I would, you know, I'd probably agree with that statement. But for me, and I think for a lot of people, trauma uh, is the real gateway drug. I actually saw somebody say that the other day on Facebook. And it just, it rung so true. For me personally, um, you know, I, I, you know, went through some abuse as a child and things and I never told anybody, but started off uh, just getting prescribed a lot of uh, different medicines uh, from like the time I was 11 on. And so basically my childhood was, oh, you're sad. We got a pill for that. Wow. Oh, you don't feel good. We got a pill for that. Oh, yeah. you can't sleep at night. We got a pill for that. Oh, you're sleeping too much. We got a pill for that. You know, and it was just yeah. always there's a pill to fix it. Right. Right. And so right. my addiction started long before my addiction started, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, of course, started smoking weed and getting into different things as it progressed over the years. But I was always able to party and not really, uh, you know, whenever I felt like something was getting out of hand, I was able to put it down. Strong drugs, drugs that I've seen people lose everything over. I, I, I had enough self-control until I got into a wreck and they started yeah. prescribing me opiates. And right. from that point on, I went from a drug dealer to a junkie quicker than anything you can imagine. Um, wow. You know, I went from running a bunch of drugs, you know, from Texas and back and partying and trying to work at the same time to stealing out of my mama's purse and going to the pawn shop. You know, yeah. um, just took a very, very bad turn for a long time. I spent about a year locked up in a Texas state jail. Uh, away from my kids, away from my family in uh, 2008, 2009. Uh, you would think that would get me right, but it didn't. You know, right. um, I, I had some sobriety under my belt. Uh, I had to do AA and uh, I had to do like 90 and 90, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days. And I had to work the steps. And man, I thought I was doing pretty good, you know. Right, you know, right. Really, I had about 18 months of sobriety under my belt, but I, I didn't know the Lord. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was good until tragedy struck and I lacked the necessary coping skills or foundation in Christ to lean on when that tragedy struck. So that very same day I went back and put a needle in my arm. Right. And, uh, you know, it just, that continued for quite a while. I mean, um, you know, and of course I'm giving you the very short condensed version of everything, but, um, you know, eventually I found myself at the Ascension House 
which is now, you know, progressed to Kingdom Inn, which now we're in the new 150 bed facility, the Life House. Wow. And uh, that was about eight and a half years ago. And uh, my third day there, I was just, I was beat down, um, six foot tall, I weighed about 135 pounds. Yeah. Uh, looked like Skeletor, man. It was pretty bad, you know? Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, man, I, I, God reached down and touched me that night in that church. And I've never been the same since, you know, I haven't been well, perfect. I've made some mistakes, but man, I've never been the same. And, uh, man, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. What an awesome testimony. Um, and, and you're married. I am. Uh, I met my wife about a year after I got saved uh, in the church. She's a worship leader over there. And okay, uh, now, so I have restored relationships with my three older children, which I had from previous marriages during all my addiction on and off. And so, um, right. I have two more boys with her now. So I have five count them. That is five kids. I am done. Wow. That's a wrap. <laughs> Come on, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You are very blessed. You're yeah, very blessed. And uh, I love the fact that you can, you can identify with people on both sides. You can identify with those that are, are recovering from substance abuse and those that are uh, trying to lead those that are rec are recovering in substance abuse. And yeah. it's not easy. No, it's no. <laughs> what do you find are the most uh, difficult um, uh, things about leading uh, addictions ministry? And can you just talk about your ministry a little bit? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Pastor Bobby Jackson, uh, you know, he started Broken Chains, uh, probably never almost. heard of him. <laughs> right, right. The man, the myth, the legend. He uh, he started Broken Chains, I guess, about six years ago. Um, I might not be doing my math right, but it was a while back. And, uh, you know, I was there just serving under him as soon as he started it. Uh, he used to come lead Bible studies at the house, at the Ascension House, when I was in the program. So I'd been mentoring under Bobby and just seeing like, wow, God restored his life. Maybe he can restore mine, too. You know, I heard his story and I said, man, I want what he's got. But not just that, God, I want a double portion. Hey, you man. Know, that was my that was my prayer. You know, uh, prayed the prayer of Elisha. You know, I, I want a double portion. And um. So eventually, you know, uh, God just moved Pastor Bobby on to some other things, you know, uh, preaching Sunday services. He's actually now uh, leading a new campus, which we are doing Sunday services at the Lifehouse on Sundays now. So, um, you know, he just moved him into some other things and, and he had uh, me and my wife take over the Broken Chains ministry. And so between ministering to the guys at the Life House and the girls at Ruth's house, uh, and then having broken chains at the Life House every Friday, we, uh, we're definitely all in when it comes to uh, addiction ministries. Amen. What does that mean by being all in? That means our whole life is uh, wrapped up in this. Our people that we do life with, uh, even our families, you know, I mean, we have family members uh, that are now getting free and, and building a relationship with the Lord and, and working the programs. And it's just the most amazing thing to watch and witness. You know, I mean, it's one thing when you get it for yourself, but when you start to see generational curses get broken and you start to see the whole family get saved, man, it makes everything worth it. But I know you asked me a minute ago. Um, what are some of the struggles, right? What are the hard parts? And, um, right, right. It can be, it, it can be exhausting, you know, it, it can, it can be exhausting. Yeah. I see Ashley commenting on there. Uh, Ashley's family is my wife's aunt and, and God is just doing an amazing work in her life and all the ladies over there at Ruth's house. I'm glad y'all joined us. Um, Hey Ashley, but it, it can be, uh, it can be exhausting. Um, because, you know, I, Pastor, I, I might be on the phone, you know, 10 or 15 phone calls a day sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those can last anywhere between five and 30 minutes, depending on what somebody's dealing with and going through. And, right. you know, I have to find the balance, you know, knowing that I, I don't ever want to turn somebody away because 
all these people you pour into, you know, sadly, if we're just looking at statistics, you know, man, we, we lose too many to overdose. Yeah, know? definitely. Definitely. And, and it, it hurts and it's discouraging. But uh, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I, I shared a Facebook post about a guy who I ministered to in the jail, in the Ascension Parish Jail. And he said, I, I was back there in the rec yard, and he said, and I touched him on his chest. And I said, you see this orange jumpsuit? That's not who you are. That's not who God created you to be, and that's not the end of your story. Now, yeah. mind you, I don't, I don't remember this conversation. I don't remember saying that to him. I don't even remember meeting him in the jail because like that, I just, I saw so many guys in the jail that day. I went and preached the same message in four different dorms. Yeah, and, right. and to be honest with you, I didn't feel like getting up and going to jail that morning. You know, yeah. I, I, I was broken chains it was a big night that Friday night. I had a side job I was doing on that Saturday and man, I just wanted to sleep right. in on Sunday. You know, I wasn't like jumping out of bed like, oh, yeah, I get to go do the jail ministry. I mean, I am sometimes. Right. But that day it was just like I was exhausted. But yeah. this brother, he got a hold. He said, man, I was planning on getting out and going right back to use. And I had no plans on doing anything different. And then the sheriff brought a group of trustees to the Broken Chains Freedom Night. And he was one of them. And that night he decided to go to the Life House. And I'm going somewhere with the story because – he came to the life house. He gave his life to the Lord. Then he turned around and got his nephew in the life house. And I got to work with his nephew and minister to him. He had a fall. I got to bring him to detox and bring him back and just really kind of see him get restored and have some godly brokenness. And in the midst of all that, this guy's sister, which is the other guy's mom, she was in the streets living bad. And I, can I tell you that, that she is now saved and in the Ruth's house? And I got to baptize her on Sunday. And, awesome um, man come on dude like that level of i'm gonna get choked up again <laughs> that level of freedom like seeing yeah. these generational curses be broken for this whole family right right it makes every it makes it more than worth it like now i feel yeah. like i'm getting the better end of the deal when i have to take 10 phone calls a day right you know? It, it, it's man, it's it beautiful. Be it's beautiful watching people come out because what I've always, what I tell the guys is that when one person comes out, then you'll start seeing everyone that that person is connected to coming out as well. And, mm -hmm. and the most powerful person, uh, other than Jesus Christ in the church, is that person that came in for the first day because they know, they still know people that are out there. They still have friends that are out there that they can reach and we can't. So when we start talking to them and, and God saves their lives, then they're able to get those other ones and pull them out with them. Amen. And it's, it's amazing how that works. Now, like a now chain reaction of it is a chain reaction. It is, it is. And that's what the enemy, the enemy can't stand it. That's why he holds on to that one person so much because he doesn't want them to bring out everything that's connected with them, right? Amen. Their children, breaking breaking those generational curses, stopping it right where it is, and it doesn't go any further. So it's awesome. And, and, and I remember, man, as leading Crossroads, I remember the calls at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? I remember those those calls when people were uh, there on the edge and they need, need someone to bring them back. And, and it's, in, it's amazing that you're there to do that. But I'll tell you, one of the most important things that you can do as a leader of a, an addictions uh, ministry is to raise up leaders, to raise up Amen. those and connect them with those people that you're not the one that's carrying all the burden. Right. That's right. It, it, it's a hard place to be if you're trying to carry all of it and you can't because broken change is growing. It's amazing, man. It's amazing the way that the way it has grown. It's amazing what you're doing. And, and if you're trying to answer all those calls then you'll be the glass ceiling, you know what Ooh. I mean? It's <laughs> too much. <laughs> right. We want that. We want everyone uh, to be a part of it and feel exactly what you're feeling too. Amen. And it's it, amen. You know, it's kind of crazy because we uh, we had so many transitions and changes when we turned over the Baton Rouge campus. So we closed down Broken Chains, Baton Rouge. Then we came back to Broken Chains in Santa Mall and we had moved it to Wednesdays and we tried to move it back to Fridays. And then we ended up 
moving it to Fridays, but at the exact same time, moved it to the life house. And you know, as well as I do that, man, people don't like change. And so you, you, That's right. you make changes and transitions, man, you know, uh, it, sometimes you lose people, unfortunately, That's but true. We're, we're starting to see is, uh, a lot of the, the leaders are coming back in and yeah. a lot of new leaders are stepping up. And so, uh, I am thankfully in a, you know, stepping into now, like we're just yeah. now stepping into a new season. I, I told Pastor Bobby like three weeks ago, I felt a break. I felt a change that as a ministry, we were stepping into a new season and we're seeing all these new people stepping up and rising up. And it's not just us seeing yeah. potential in them, but like God has his hand on them right, right now and you can see it, you know? That's right. And I love that being able to see when people are getting it and God starts moving in their lives. I just want to remind everybody that the call lines are open. If you want to call in, uh, uh, say something about broken chains or say something about Joey P or just talk about this subject uh, in particular, we would love for you to call in and, and be a part of what we're doing. Um, addiction ministry is not a simple program. It, it is not a simple program. It is something that, that you, like you said earlier, takes a lot of commitment, a lot of commitment. Did you find that um, that as people start coming, that they were kind of shocked about this uh, uh, ministry? Uh, I do. I do. Because uh, especially when we get people from the what I'll call the recovery community, um, they're so used to the meetings and they're so used to the recovery jargon that when we take all that and we throw it out the window and we stick to the word of God and we start preaching freedom in Christ, it's like a whole new world. The possibilities is opened up to them. Right. You know, um, they've been so trained to say, I'm an addict. I'm always going to be an addict, you know, yeah. speaking death and speaking death. And, and, and all of a sudden they see these people, walking in freedom and they're like, Oh wait, hold up there. There's better. Like I want some of that. Yeah. You know, that's right. That's right. Um, what do you see? Like are the biggest differences other than saying, Oh, I'm an addict. Um, well, obviously, I mean, you know, I I'm not necessarily against, uh, the steps because I think the steps can be a very good, uh, thing and structure because they can help you, uh, do some serious reflection on yourself yeah. and on some personal flaws and issues that you need to bring to God and deal with. So it's a very good and structured way. It's a proven method to deal with that. But the problem is, is the whole God of my understanding thing. Like there's only one right. God, you know, right. any other God is a false God and it has no power. It might as well be the little wooden totem that I carved with my own hands. It, it's yeah, not yeah. a real God, you know? And so if, if it's not the God of the Bible, then you're you're working the steps in your own power. And speaking from personal experience, that ain't never going to work. That's right. You know? And so that's that's one of the big uh, differences. Um, I mean, for me, I, I walked in a AA meeting uh, when I was kind of newly sober, trying to find the Lord. And I heard a lady say, uh, man, I've been sober 20 years and every day it's a struggle. And man, I looked at that. I looked at her and said, "Man, I'm about to leave and go get high right now." Right. Like, I'm not, bro. I don't have that kind of self control. Like I'm not trying to struggle like this for 20 years. And right. thank God, I don't have to. That's right. You know, I don't. I don't have to wake up every day and decide I'm not going to use just today. Like that's the furthest right. thing from my mind. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I wake up with you know going to spend time with God on my mind. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not thinking about the negative. I'm thinking about the positive. It's crazy because you're putting so much when you're saying it like that, you're putting so much onus on yourself to keep yourself clean. Right. But it's impossible because yourself is the one that got you in the problems in the first place. Right. So you need God. And I remember um, when I was going through going to meetings, they would talk about, yeah, if that doorknob can keep you sober, then let that doorknob be it. And I'm thinking, man. That doorknob can't keep me at two o'clock in the morning when I need to be when I need to be comforted. You know what I mean? And, and that doorknob is not going right. to give me the miracles uh, in my life that I need. So you must know but, God. You must know Christ. 
And you should. And, and the thing is, is, you know what? That doorknob may just be able to keep you sober. It might. I, I'll give you that. I've seen people work the program, straight atheists, and they stayed sober. But it's not going to set you free and it's not going to save your soul. Amen. You won't have the you won't have the fruit of the spirit in your life. You won't have that joy, that abundant life. Look, you might stay sober. You know what? I know plenty of lost people that aren't strung out on drugs. Right. It's, right. You know, that's a pretty normal thing for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't argue the fact that you can get sober without God, but you'll never get free. There's a right. big difference between freedom and sobriety. Sobriety is moving away from drugs. Freedom is moving toward Jesus. That's right. That's right. That's real good. <laughs> um, did you find that uh, people are dealing with certain issues when when they come now? Because I know that a lot of people that are have dealt with substance abuse, they have those uh, uh, trauma issues like you were talking about earlier in their life that that has pushed them towards addiction. What have you found that is one of the one of the traumas that most people have in common? Um. What I find, believe it or not, is uh, sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, I, I see that, you know, and if not that, then some type of very serious verbal uh, abuse, you know. Uh -huh. um, but more, more times than not, you know, you'd be surprised, especially with men, because men are way less likely, like, way less likely to admit to, yeah. let alone seek help and counsel Right, having right. been sexually abused like they're just it's not going to happen and yeah. you know because of that you turn inward and you never get it out and you keep it in the dark and we know that you know darkness is the dominion of satan right you no know? but we we have to bring it to the light i mean look i, I went through some things man i i had a very serious fall i, I had you know, walked away from, uh, I'm just going to be real transparent here for a yeah. minute. I, I had walked away from the church. I had walked away from my marriage for a season, you know, it was about four years ago. I, I was just done. And, and, you know, of course, hindsight's 2020, you know, after, you know, being humbled and, and having to be picked up out of the gutter and turn back and look and see where I went wrong. I realized that I had some very serious childhood trauma that I had never even admitted to anybody, you know, I, I had, you know, just sexual abuse and, and things like that, that I'd never talked about. And they were manifesting themselves in some very ugly ways in my marriage. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I, I was holding my wife responsible for things that she didn't even know about, let alone were her fault, you know? Right. And when I finally, I actually went and counseled with uh, Dr. Andy Yarborough and uh, man, I love that brother right there. And, and, Man, we just we prayed together and we connected the dots on some things. Right. And and just from three sessions of sitting down with a godly man with wise counsel, talking about it and getting it out, I, I've been so free from that. Right. But that's what it took for me. I'm not saying that's the path for everybody, but for me, that's what I had to do. But I'm telling you. The level of freedom I've experienced from that now, I mean, I can even sit here and talk about it openly. I've, I've yeah. spoken about it from the pulpit multiple times openly to, to large groups of people. And it, I, I used to cringe at even the thought of speaking it out loud. Right. You know, and now I didn't realize until I did speak it out loud how many people are in the same boat and have never spoken with it. it out loud. That's and right. That's, I, I would say that, you know, that type of serious trauma unspoken and undealt with yeah man that that can be the number one thing that that leads people you know into you know just relapse and all kind of destructive right. behaviors because they're trying to numb something that man it just needs to it needs to be dealt with you know right. it needs to be reconciled to god and dealt with but you know we we have to be willing to give it to him he's not going to take anything from us that we don't give to him i'm gonna answer this call real quick yeah let's see Hey, Aminga. Hey, good evening. Can you hear me well? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay. Good evening, everybody. I just wanted to um, just really uh, just kind of commend the book and Chains and Joey. I just want to thank y'all for what y'all do in the community. Um, you shared something a few minutes ago that I've been preaching and trying to teach um, transparency 
uh, mm-hmm. for the last um, few years and really trying to get men to really talk about some things because why? When we expose it, then the enemy has no place to hold us hostage. He has no That's legal right. right in our in our lives. And so to hear a young man be honest and transparent and say, hey, I was holding my wife hostage on something she had no idea. You know what I mean? And knowing to have a godly man to go to, to talk to and say, look, it took three times someone who is sincere, you know, try to spirit by the spirit, know if it be of me and able to connect those dots and be set free is a beautiful thing. It's Amen. a beautiful thing. And someone had text in, um, you know, uh, free people setting set others free. You know what I mean? That is true liberty. That is liberty where you can speak on some things openly and it doesn't make you cringe. It doesn't break you. You know what I mean? I completely understand that. I've been through some, some many traumatic things in my life. And to be able to share it openly without blaming anybody, but saying this is me where I was and look at what God can do for me now will set so many other streets. So brother, I just want to commend you for your transparency and thank you because it's just confirmation of where God has us actually in this season of, of really wanting to break us all um, out of bondage. Praise God. You know? And so I just want to um, commend you and I just love Broken Chains and Bobby Jackson. I just uh, thank God for what y'all doing. And I just, we constantly praying for y'all that, um, you know, and I understand the, um, like something being broken off and now y'all about to go to a whole nother level. I, I, yeah. um, truly confirming that with you instead of an yeah. agreement with you. Definitely. God is about to do something actually amazing. And pastor Rob, you said something amazing as well. When you said, please make sure you raise up leaders, Joey, you know, other people who can carry that burden because we are not God. And that's not, we were never meant to carry that much burden. You know what I mean? Right. Because where we have been set free in one area, the enemy will try to hold us bondage in another area. You know what I mean? Right. And we will miss it because we will be so busy doing the, the work of God and we'll miss our family. We'll miss our children. You see what I'm saying? And so um, please make sure you're taking care of yourself and making sure that yeah. you are your first priority because um, you can't pour out from an empty place. So I'm definitely um, keeping you prayed up, you know, keeping you covered in prayer and your wife and your children. Uh, God bless you, brother. Love you Thank both. You Y'all much. have a blessed evening. Hold on, before you get off, Aminga, I want to bring up one of Naya's questions. She says, um, and I want both of you guys to kind of uh, talk about this. She says, uh, and when God hasn't delivered you, despite all your praying. Is it God hasn't delivered yeah. you and you haven't let it go? Because um, it's, 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 it's faith, faith without works is dead. So you have to do your part. You can pray and pray and pray, but you could be praying amiss. You could be praying just because it sounds good. But if it's not in your heart and you don't want true deliverance. See, true deliverance is actually work. It's, it takes it's an everyday process. So when you want to go inward, you know what I mean? The enemy is trying to isolate you from the people who have the tools to help you to uh, get to that freedom. You have to push through your emotions yourself and say, no, I'm done running. I am done every time the fire get hot, be going back to my old ways. No, I'm going to push past. And once you push past, then you're going to see the glory of God. Then you're going to see your freedom. You're going to see your victory, but you have to do the work. God hears you. And he's like, look, you're free. All you got to do is step out. It's like that bird in a cage and he's opened the door and the bird won't come out. Yeah. Yeah. And so. That, I mean, that's that's my take. And, and also in the transparency and seeking God and owning up to my part and not blaming anybody else. That's the whole thing with freedom is when we own us. Yeah, definitely. Joey. Yeah. So one, I'm always I'm always careful uh, when I, I, I get asked general questions sometimes and without knowing the specific problem. That's good. Um, yeah. You know, I try not to I don't I don't like to give generalized answers, but I would say that um, when it says God hasn't delivered you despite all your prayers, depending on what we're talking about, uh, I'm going to yeah. give you two different answers. One, um, I, I'd like to piggyback on, on what you just said, Aminga, because, um, you know, sometimes it's on us because. First Corinthians 10, 13, one of my favorite verses says, uh, no temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. So it's not Amen. it's not like it's any harder for you than it is for the next person. You know, we may have different vices that we struggle with, but we all struggle yeah. at the same level. So no yeah. temptation is taking you except that which is common to man. But God, who is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. So he's not even yeah. going to allow it. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape. 
so that yes. you can bear it. Now it's up to us to take the way of escape. And sometimes we choose not to and sit in a woe is me pity party and not do the work mm-hmm. and take the way of escape. The way of escape may be, hey, let me phone a friend. Let me call somebody. Let me talk about it. Yeah. The Bible says confess yeah. your sins to one another that you may be healed. Maybe I need to call and talk to somebody and tell them because like you said, you know, if we keep it in the dark, that's the devil's playground. We got to bring it to the light where the devil has to flee. Right. And then on the flip side, you know, also talking about delivered, I I was talking with somebody else the other day about forgiveness. And he's like, man, every time this person comes around, I just have these feelings. And I'm like, I'm trying to forgive them, but I can't. And and I think Dr. Andy Yarbrough had one of the best teachings I've ever heard on forgiveness at the Broken Chains Freedom Night last year. And basically, you know, he broke it down to forgiveness being two parts. You know, first you choose to forgive. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Emotions are good indicators, like a warning light in your car that something is wrong, but we're never to be led by them. And so I might not feel like I've forgiven the person, right? I I might feel this or feel that, but if I've chosen to, then I'm going to stand on that and believe it, and I'm going to have to trust God to change the feelings and the emotions. Amen. Amen, that's good. That is really good. I was thinking also that... um, that we're led away when we're tempted by our own desires. And if Mm -hmm. that's the truth, then we need to start changing our desires. Mm. We need to start changing the things that we think we want into what God wants for us. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds good. I agree. That's something I always heard pastor Bobby say. He said, uh, he said, I never really changed. He said, I never quit doing drugs. I'm the same person chasing the desires of my heart. The only difference is God gave me a new heart that desires new things. And that's that transformation that only happens by spending time in his presence. It's not about fighting harder or trying harder not to do something. Sometimes it's not like when I when I was delivered from smoking, the harder I tried to quit smoking, the harder it was. Because I was focusing on the addiction and not focusing on the freedom giver. But the more I focused on my relationship with Jesus, the more free I got and the less I wanted it. The closer I grew to God and the more I got from spending time in his presence, the more those chains just started to fall off. And that's when I realized his yoke really is easy and his burden is light. It's not about us fighting. It's about us learning how to come in agreement with the one who already won the victory. You know, it's not about if we fight, it's about how we fight, you know, I don't fight by trying harder. I fight by surrendering to the one who already, you know, has the victory. And you know, that's so, that's so different than most of what we have used. We're used to, we're used to fighting it out. We're used to trying hard. We're used to giving it our all every day. You know what I mean? Uh, And to just say surrender seems like, uh, like almost an oversimplification vacation right yeah and it is but the thing is it is simple i didn't say it's easy right right it's simple you know it's not complicated but it is hard right <laughs> it can because it takes crucifying the flesh that's you know, right they didn't say they didn't say pinch the flesh or bruise the flesh or bite the flesh they said crucify right. crucify the flesh <laughs> you know that's not a very pleasant picture when you think about it Come on, man, because we all the heart wants what it wants. You know, the flesh wants what it wants and it wants it now. You know what I mean? And to come against that, it's going to be a struggle every time, every time. That's the biggest that's the biggest struggle I see with uh, addicts in Christianity. Um, You know, they're trying to stop something that they enjoyed so much and too many times they're just trying to live the sober life, the recovery life. Oh, praise God. Oh, give glory to God. But they're not truly spending time at his feet. They're not, you know, truly spending time in that quiet place in prayer with their Bible, developing the relationship. And I'm like, you're missing the good part. Right. If you don't like, it's easy for me not to do drugs because I've got something so much better yeah, dude. Everything that used to tempt me is still tempting. It just doesn't hold a candle to what I have now. And yeah. So it's easy to not even acknowledge the temptation. It's still there. It never went away. It's right. easy to not even acknowledge it because I have something better. Now, if you get saved, so to speak, and and you don't start spending time with the Lord and getting something better. 
then yeah, it is always going to be a struggle. And that that's one of the, yeah. the things that I see that holds so many Christians back or too, so many addicts back. You yeah. know, when they start trying to walk with God, they don't, they don't fully surrender to his presence. That's totally correct. And what I was thinking as you was talking is that um, there's more to life than just being sober. And when I find it with people that are in, a, in addictions programs, they're only concerned about they're only concerned about being sober. This next minute about being sober and being sober. Mm. But God, God did not heal us for us just to be sober. You know what I mean? He's not bringing us out for us just to be sober. And that's the end all of our of our life. No, God has purpose for each and every one of us. And being sober it, that's what we supposed to do. That's what we were supposed to be, right? Yeah. So now, now I'm sober so I can do the work that God has for me, not for me to live every moment in, okay, I got to be sober in this next minute, and I got to be, you know what I mean? Our life is not supposed to be lived like that. Sober is just the beginning. Amen? And not just that. Amen. Not, not just that, but I see, uh, I see way too much emphasis put on the identity of being in recovery or being a recovering addict or being sober or in sobriety. Look, praise God for those things. Yeah. Those are all good things, but that's not who you are. Right. You are a child of God, just like the pastor, just yeah. like the non-addict. You are right. covered by the blood. You know what I'm saying? So it's praise God that you're sober and, and getting yeah. free and shaken back. But don't lose focus of where your identity lies. That's not your identity. And that's that's right. another trap I see a lot of addicts fall in in the church. Yeah. They they put their identity in the wrong thing. It's not being uh it's being thankful of the testimony and sharing that that testimony, but yes. not living under that banner. You understand what I mean? That's right. I, I feel like we're we're wearing the hat, we're part of the club of the recovery club. And we're wearing the hat and wearing the T-shirt instead of wearing the hat and the T-shirt of Christ and, and, and doing what he wants us to do and, and being identified by him. We're identified by our struggle. And I don't want to be identified by my struggle. I want to be identified by the one that delivered me from my struggle. Amen. And that's the hardest place to be because there's so many people that are in the recovery community and we can become more like, like this club, this special club than uh, those that are walking in Christ. So, and, and you could tell me what you think about this. When I was leading Crossroads, there were always, to me, it was almost at a point of, okay, there's Crossroads and then there's the church, right? And, and there's Broken Chains and then there's the church. No, Broken Chains is the church. Crossroads is the church. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, I view it as, you know, the, the church meeting is the church. You know, my goal in Broken Chains, I mean, let me back up a second. So we, mm -hmm. you, there, there's a few people I can, you know, I'm sure you see that are joining tonight that uh, are new because these are a few people that I'm in a Facebook group with, uh, Mr. Yeah. Antisocial there. That's actually uh, Barry. And he started this Facebook group, uh, give him a shout out, Life After Prison and Addiction. And this uh -huh. thing blew up. And, and it's just like a huge family of support. And, um, you know, the, the love and connection you see there is amazing, you know, and different people work in different types of programs, but all the, the staff and the people that run it know that it's Jesus that set them free and they proclaim that constantly. Yeah. And they've started coming to Broken Chains and, and getting plugged in. And so there's nothing wrong with having that group of like-minded people mm -hmm. and like testimonies you know, coming together, just don't get lost in, in that is your identity instead of having your identity in Christ. And, and same thing with broken chains. You know, I, what I like to see is somebody come through broken chains and get set free yeah. and get plugged into the church. You don't have to come to broken chains the rest of your life. I'll keep taking the heroin junkie right off the street. I would love to see you just get plugged in with cooking for Christ or, or serving on the parking team or serving in ushers. You don't have to stay yeah. here the rest of your life. Matter of fact, I don't only not get offended when somebody feels like they've outgrown the ministry and they move on just to Sunday service to serving. I, I praise God for that because that's my goal. I don't I don't want you to be uh, stay identified by this. I mean, I'm here because God's called 
called me to it. I thank yeah. God for everybody that's been called to the ministry. But my, my identity is in Christ. And, and the job yeah. of the ministry is really to feed the church and the body and to meet a need within the body. And that's what Amen. we do. You know, we, we're not, you know, the church, so to speak. I mean, each of us are the church, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we are right, right. We are a ministry specifically targeting a specific need within the body of Christ. And yeah. once we've helped somebody be restored, find freedom and develop a relationship with God, brother, I just want to get you plugged into church. Come on. <laughs> I just want right. to get you walking like every other Christian that's been set right. free and saved from their sin. You know, you're no different just because you were an addict and, and the other guy, you know, fought unforgiveness. You know, it's it's all a sin problem, you know, and that's that's my goal. I want to see people get set free. That's right. Amen. Uh, I want to remind you guys that you can call in, click on one of those chairs at the top of your screen and call in and ask questions. Or if you have something that you want to share, you're welcome to. Uh, so, Joey, I, I got an important question to ask you. All right. Yes. Is addiction a sin or sickness? Ooh, brother. That's I know, right? Stuff. I say that uh, for last. I, okay. <laughs> I, I would, I would uh, answer you by saying that sin is a sickness. Okay. I'm gonna let you soak that one up for a second. Uh huh. I'm soaking. Sin, sin is the sickness. It, it's, it's sin in general. I'm not. If if you're asking, do I think addiction is a disease, like the whole physical allergy thing and all that? Uh, I do not. Uh, okay. I do not uh, believe that this is something that oh you're going to be like that the rest of your life and right and right look I'm not advocating for you know saying oh you can just do it once I'm not saying that what I'm saying is is that I see people walking around on eggshells yeah afraid of what their their old chains and that's that's not freedom. You know, right. I, I walk around with boldness. Now, I had to be very careful and wise in the beginning. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm not walking around scared that, you know, I might just relapse tomorrow. Because if it is just a disease that I can never be cured of, then that's the right. case. I know from my own life and proof that that is not the case. And that's not the truth. And I was the worst kind of junkie, brother. I mean, I almost died from detoxing in a jail cell, cold turkey, off the amount of opiates yeah. I was doing. I'm lucky I didn't. You know, uh, I've overdosed a couple of times. Um, you know, and the fact is, is, is God can set you free from that. You know, Amen. you don't have to live like that. And and I don't need the doctor's opinion to tell me anything. I need God's opinion, and I'll take it straight out of the Word. Before yeah. I let somebody else tell me what my God can or can't do. I've seen Come it on. too many times. I've seen too many addicts get set free. And I mean free, free. I've seen it way too many times. Look, I told you back in, uh, you know, about four years ago, you know, when, when I walked away and I was going through all this stuff, you know, and, and, and I relapsed for a short time. I, I can tell you, look, you know how easy it would be? for me to to blame all of that on addiction yeah right i mean oh well because look here's the thing I, I had a surgery on both of my hands and they had to give me pain medicine okay and this happened in the middle of all this you know how easy it would be for me to blame oh man well i got that taste of that pain medicine when i had that surgery and yeah. man it just you know it sent me off the i mean what a cop out dude that that's just i know me i'm not knocking anybody else but for me that would have straight up been a cop out the fact that the matter is is i had stopped spending time with the lord three months before that surgery i had resentment wow. in my heart i had yeah. unforgiveness in my heart i had sin in my heart because of unforgiveness and resentment being allowed to be in there. So the fact of the matter is it, it had nothing to do with that. That was just me covering up the pain that I was already in. Like I said, you know, you, you trauma is the real gateway drug. Right. Right. You know, and I was, I was dealing with a sin issue an unforgiveness issue, a resentment issue. And, and that catapulted everything else. It, it, it for me, it's a cop out right. to, to blame that. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not, judging anybody else or knocking anybody else. I just know my God and I know the power of the blood to set people free and I won't believe anything less. Amen. 
what does the church get wrong about addiction? And that's a question not just for you, but for everybody that's out there that's listening. What does the church get wrong about addiction? Um, a lot of the church uh, would believe AA over the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe, again, like everything that we've been talking about. You know, a lot of people in the church, really, they just don't know any better. And so they they take, you know, what AA says and all this. It, it's like this. It's like, um, you know, what, I don't know, a few hundred years ago, there was no such thing as psychiatry. There was no uh-huh. such thing. You know, how many, how many ever hundreds of years ago, uh, that type of counseling, you either had a, a serious like physical issue, you know, something that was biological that you went to a doctor for, or you went to a man of God for counsel. It was one or the other. There was no in between psychologist, psychiatrist, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that. I'm saying that, you know, our go-to and our very first go-to should always be the word of God. Yeah. I have yet to find a problem that cannot be answered through the word of God. Amen. Not one. And that's how God meant for it to be. And so the church, for the church to steer somebody to something other than the word of God is the first go-to mm-hmm. is a huge fallacy in my eyes. Okay. You know, we, we should be able to, I mean, at the church, look, you don't have to understand addiction. You don't have to have been an addict. Do you know Jesus? <laughs> do, you, do you know the scripture? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look, there, there are things I haven't been through that people go through and deal with. I, I can still give them an answer through the word because it's not my answer. It's God's. Yeah. You know? Amen. I hope now, I didn't go off on you too much on that one. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, because I, sometimes when, um, especially when I was doing crossroads, there were always uh, those that looked at those that came in with addiction with a different lens. Oh, oh, I can't believe yes. they were. I had one person say, "Oh, I can't believe she's in addiction. She looks so pretty," you know. And the church gets that mm-hmm. wrong because they expect a certain type of person to come in with addiction, and it's not. And and, yeah. and when they see the people that come in. They're kind of shocked about it. Yeah. Hey, Aminga. Hey, um, you just were saying just at where I was going with that when you asked the question about the church. Can you hear me good? Yeah, I can mm-hmm. hear you. Okay. Um, I, I, I believe my my thought process is with the, with the church is um, the church, um, and this is not everyone, but um, um, from my experience, is uh, um, they lack empathy. And compassion for those yeah. in addiction, and they uh, put uh, put them in a box, I, I and I they would, would not, al- yeah. and they won't allow them to be set free. They will hold them hostage to that, and will hold them back from even ministry, from from really walking in their freedom. Um, and they um, they look at them as second, like second class citizens. You know what I mean? Um, and so. It's hard sometimes when someone is coming off of addiction and then going into regular services and stuff. If the people um, don't embrace them and then we we isolate or uh, we right. talk down like they're not as intelligent because addiction is from the highest of education to the lowest. It doesn't have right. a race, an a age. It, it doesn't have any of that. I love how Joey said it's trauma. It's tr- it's the trauma and yeah. um and so that's what I find in the church is like um especially even us who who um, who work in addiction ministry, who have experience in addiction ministry, I find that especially those who have been in this serving the Lord um, for a long time, forgot yeah. where they came from. And so the empathy and the compassion is not there. And that's the sad thing because Christ mm. did not see that. And he said, he said that don't look at those um, when they come in, you know, you put um, those on high esteem. You look at those, yeah, and right. you choose people because they look pretty and they look at, and, it's the, and, and you miss the ones who have the sweetest of hearts, but just have some trauma that they're trying to deal with. And you can't hold them hostage. If God said, who I have set free is free indeed. You yeah. know what I mean? And so um, 
I've learned a long time ago when I backslid and when I um had that thought of, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, I would never, I would never turn my back on you. How could anybody? And God allowed me to go through that so that that, that compassion would be there. And so that I would never look at anyone in a, of how could they, you know what I mean? Right. And it's only yeah. by the grace of God. And, and, and just um, so I just and I love how, Joey, like you speak in my language when I say there is nothing that God can't deliver us from. There is nothing. Um, addiction is the same thing. God can deliver somebody from cancer. He can deliver you from addiction. You know, sin is sin. And we want to act like addiction is a different type of sin. Like sexuality is um, homosexuality is a different type of sin. Sin is sin. Any disobedience away from God is sin. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. And so when we stop putting um putting um sin in different categories, you know what I mean, then bondage can be broken as well. So education, um, if you are a pastor of any type of church, yeah, um, be getting educated. We never should stop get, being educated of what's yeah. going on in our community because if you can take their ties, then you can take their burden. That's right. I told Amen. Come on. Uh, and- my phone finna catch fire, man. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Look. And, and so I, I think it's important that we we talk about the, the way that people come in because uh, people come into the church and then they get run off yeah. because they didn't get accepted or they did they were talked down to or they were you know followed to the bathroom because people didn't trust them and right. it's, oh. it's a hard <laughs> place to be. I remember uh, Jesus. Well, I remember I remember when when I was just starting ministry. And uh, I didn't know anything about addiction, and I didn't know anything about ministry either. <laughs> but uh, true. <laughs> and um, I remember our pastor had called like this prayer thing, and he had this one young lady that had, was going through addiction, and he had her sitting in this chair, and, she, and we had all these preachers around her, and everybody was mm-hmm. laying hands on her and mm-hmm. trying to pray the demon of addiction out of her. And and I'm just looking at how traumatized she was. Mm-hmm. She, and, and I still go back to that place and like, yeah, it, it's important to understand the spiritual aspect of addiction, but we also need to understand the physiological aspect of addiction as well right. and, and mm-hmm. what it does to the body, because we can say, oh, well, God can heal you. You don't have to smoke anymore or you don't have to use anymore. And then they leave out of the building and then they start going into withdrawal. And, and now we... We put him in danger because we told him that God can deliver him, which he can, but we didn't take care of their whole self. And when right. and when you're dealing with addiction, one of the main things we must do is we must deal with their whole person, the whole person. We have to deal with them physically. We have to deal with their social aspect. We have to deal yes. with their uh, mental aspect. We got to yes. deal right. with. We got to deal with all that because if, if we yeah. leave, if we just deal with the spiritual aspect and we forget all the rest of it, then we're we're setting them up for failure, right? That's right. So I we agree. have to deal with my language. We just preached on this Friday night, speaking I about agree. the same thing: post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Yeah, how it takes your brain time to chemically reset the emotional roller coaster that comes mm-hmm. after getting sober. You're not going crazy. That's just the way God wired our brains. We threw it out of whack chemically, and it takes time right. to shake back. You know, right? That's and natural but, consequences. Exactly. But, but people will think they failed. People will think they failed, and prayer didn't work because right. they're still right. dealing with the physical and mental aspects of the yes. thing that they've been healed from. You see, yeah. they've been healed yeah, from yeah. it, right? Wow. And they've been healed from that thing, and God has delivered them from it. But their 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 mind hasn't been healed yet. And, and they still got more to do. That's the sanctification process. The sanctification just, process is a process that starts at the small and it continues to grow as you but continue to grow in Christ. You know what I mean? You start getting better. But if but I cuss, that, go ahead. Isn't that, the, isn't that the same thing as when a person is delivered from um, substance abuse and the addiction? Maybe they don't use anymore, but they still have the characteristics. They have to still the manipulation. They still have right. certain behaviors that still has to um, has to uh, redevelop their emotional stability. You know what I mean? Um, maybe they don't go to drugs, but maybe they go to shopping. Maybe they go to sex. Maybe they use right. other vices. That doesn't mean they haven't been delivered. You know what I mean? They have to be redirected, retrained, re re um, right. educated. You know what I mean? And and restrengthened and encouraged. 
marriage and affirm. But another thing is when a, when family when when the people come into addiction, a lot of some um, many times they forget about the children. The church will cater to the addicted person, but treat the right. children like they're you know um, spawn and um, treat them different from other kids. I've I've witnessed that. You know, they yeah. look at them different and they they more harsh on them or they're yeah. overly passive on them when right. it's supposed to be the church should take care of the whole family. It's not just right. the addiction. And then the person who maybe the spouse, the person or the parent who was not in addiction, but maybe they was uh, um, um, a, a cold. How am I trying to say? Um, Codependent. Codependent, or they, you know what I mean? So it's taking care of the whole family. And so the church is a hospital. We have to learn to be multifaceted. You have to use different people in the church that can help instead of only keeping to the same little small group, you know what I mean? Right. And, and use your nurses, use your psychiatrists, use, right. you know, the police officers, the different people in your church who can really pour into the people where the pastor and other leaders have no clue. And, what and it's find- okay. What you'll find is that uh, somebody will be dealing with a substance abuse issue in the church, and instead of somebody praying with them or helping them, mm-hmm. they'll the first thing they'll do is they'll say, "Well, we deal with that on Friday night, say uh, broken right. chains, or we right. deal with that on Thursday oh, night yeah. at broken chains." Right. And so, so now the person has been they've been saying, "Okay, well, you're just not ready to come to church, but you can go to broken chains, right. or you're not ready to yeah. come to church, or you can go there, and then they'll yeah. deal with they'll deal with all that rest of that stuff." Right. Yeah. And oh, they can't serve. They can't be a greeter. They can't. They they all they want to do is clean the bathroom. They, they you know what I mean. All all that's all you want them to do is clean the bathroom, clean the. You know what I mean. You don't show them their value and their worth, and that it's not the end of the road. You made a mistake. Your your what you did in the past does not determine your future. Actually, what it does is educate you and strengthen you for the future, so that you can bring others out. But we neglect to really pour in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, I'll tell you. You know. I, I mean, I know y'all do different than that. And that's something I love about uh, us over at the Church International as well is uh, they never did that. They never did that with me. Uh, when I got out of the program, you know, they mm-hmm. got me plugged in serving right away. They didn't Beautiful. treat Amen. me any different. Right. Yeah, you that's know, the way They showed be. Yes. me the love of Christ. Yes. Even when I messed up, you know, nobody, right. they, they, I mean, welcomed me back with open arms and, and covered me in grace right. and love. And, and, yes. and you know, I mean, yes. any perceived funny looks I got were basically yeah. in my mind, you know, because you know how right. that goes. But, right, right. I mean, it, it, it's people show the the love of christ you know when the love of christ is in them that's right amen and and that's uh, you really can't help it but i do see uh, sometimes that people you know when they when they make a mistake or they mess up or they're coming fresh out of addiction you know look me i choose to believe the best in people come on i'm not i don't i don't care how many times you, you up. screwed me over. I don't right, care how right. you stole right. from me. Look, I might not leave my wallet out around you anymore, but I'm going right. to believe the. Be- <laughs> I'm going right. to choose to believe right. the best in you, That's and I'm right. still going to allow you in. Look, my right. first home church was GraceWorks Church on Highway 44. They're the ones that got me in Ascension House in the first place. And right. look, honestly, when I'd get up, I, I mean, dude, I had track marks in my arm. I'd go to church with my mom just so she might give me some money afterwards. So I'd go get right. out. Okay. Right. I'm just being right. honest. All right? Right. And, right. and the pastor, Pastor Bill, God bless him. I'd get up in the middle of the service and, and go to the bathroom and he'd have to have somebody follow me. <laughs> Make sure that I wasn't stealing anything. And you know what? That was probably a good idea. I don't blame him for that. Okay. Right. Right. I, I really was out there but they also never neglected me they never you know they'd always come up and hug me they'd always say hey joey you know if you ever want to talk we're here um you know they they didn't condone my sin or make me feel comfortable in it but they made me feel comfortable in church i always felt accepted and even you know when they knew that my kids we were going to be short for christmas because obviously i was strung out on drugs they bought christmas presents for my kids they didn't wow. say, well, that's your Amen. fault. You shouldn't have blown it on drugs. They showed me the love of Christ when I was unlovable. They brought my kids right. Christmas presents and food when I was in prison. And that right there, Amen. those were seeds. They didn't that's get right. to see the fruit. 
They sowed the seed without seeing any return for years, years. They sowed into me with no return. Then they sent me somewhere else and I was ripe for harvest. And the first night I walked into church at the church in Santa Monica, Church International, I got saved. I wouldn't have been ready and I wouldn't have gotten saved that night if somebody else hadn't tirelessly poured into me. Man, I'm telling you, dude, I'm like... I'm blowing smoke in your face while you're trying to tell me about Jesus. Like, right, I, right, right, right. Look, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I love those people, you know. Uh, so, Amen. again, it's just be be pouring the love of Christ in you. That's right. And that's right. that way, that's what comes out. What you pour in that's is what right. come out. That's look, I right. used to tell them, Joe. I used to tell them if uh, if you can sit your purse down in the church and walk away from it and come back from come back to it, then you're not doing outreach right. <laughs> yep. Amen. That's the motto. That's our if motto. Got, if it got stolen, then we got the right people there. We want them. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, no, Chad Dinkle. Chad Dinkle told me when I first yeah. started Crossroad. He said, uh, "He's." I asked him. I said, "Chad, what happens when people mess up? Do you fire them?" Because I saw his team, and and um, and he was like, "Why would I do that?" He said, yeah, so now right. I'm teaching I'm teaching them not to tell me when they mess up. I'm teaching them to hide and I'm and I'm not teaching them how to overcome because now they gotta hide every time they mess up. Or you see what I'm saying? So he, he instilled that in me to not when people do mess up, to right. help them come back and to right. teach them that strength that they have yes. to restore them. The Bible yes. tells us to restore them. You know yes. what I mean? Right. So yes. so that's our job. Yes, in the that's spirit right. of gentleness. Amen. In the spirit right? of gentleness. To, to restore them in yep. the spirit of gentleness. And that that's important. That's important to, to us at Liberty Church is to make sure that when people mess up or they disappear, right? That that day when they right. come back, we don't like we don't go at them like, well, why you ain't been here? Right. Where you been? <laughs> right. Where your tired money at? <laughs> well, yeah. You ain't tired all month. And now you come here asking for money. Where, where you been? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yes, indeed. First of all, Amen. you ain't gotta ask where they've been because you know where they've been. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, Man, I tell you what, we're gonna have to have you guys over to Broken Chain soon, Pastor Robert. It's been too long since you preached Broken Chains. Come on. Well, you got when you guys uh, call funny. me, I'm coming. Well, it's, it, it's funny that you called me asking me about this podcast because I was just talking to Pastor Bobby the other day uh, about you know reaching out to you and having you come back. So, I mean, that's just God, awesome. man. You know, it's just time. Amen. It's time. Amen. Amen. I'll bring Amen. everybody with me, too. That's right. Oh, I know. You're bringing a squad, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're coming representing in the T-shirts and everything. Maybe hey, step my game up, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so, I got every, um, every week that man with a broken chain shirt said. Y'all going to come out and really make me look bad. You know? Right. <laughs> look, so you got, if you have, if you had that's five minutes, you had five minutes to tell somebody about uh, tell somebody about Jesus that's in addiction. What would you say to them? Mm. I, I would say to them that there is a better way, that it doesn't have to be a struggle every day, that it doesn't have to be a fight, that there is something so much better than I could ever describe to you. Um, you know, Look, the fact that I I have my children back, the fact that I have my family, the fact that I just bought my first house, I have a great job. I mean, you know, working in ministry, I mean, it's a dream job for me. You know, all these things. Look, that's all great. Praise God for those things. But I have something inside of me every time that I feel the spirit of the living God speak to me, there's not a drug, there's not a high, there's not a pleasure or a sin that could ever compare to what I have inside of me. The joy, the the peace that I have when when tragedy happens, I have something to, to lean on that I've never had before. I mean, there's something so much better. And every addict, whether they admit it or not, they long for something better because very rarely, rarely is it ever just a, I just want to party. Yeah. That's all good and fine. And maybe that's the case. But even that a lot of times goes back to, I want to party because I want to escape how I'm feeling. 
Yeah. And when you realize that you don't have to escape it, you can embrace it and, and you can get power through it and from it. And it become part of your testimony because we overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And yeah. when you begin to overcome things that seemed impossible that even the world will tell you is impossible. The world tells you it's impossible. It's an incurable right. disease. But God. But There's God. So much better. You know? Come on. That's awesome, man. And I'm just uh, excited about what God is doing in your life. So mm. excited about where he's taking you and where he's been taking uh, broken chains so man thank you again for coming on the show tonight i hope you guys got something from it listen i always tell you guys at the end of the show before you go to sleep before you put away your phone or wherever you're on go on social media tell somebody about the show tell them what you thought about it hashtag liberty br and let everybody know what that, that was a great show and that that joey did an amazing job tonight amazing job Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So, thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Thank you again, man. And we're going to have you back on again, all right? Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Give the family a hug for me. Amen. I sure will. All right. Hey, listen, guys. So this Thursday on our uh, uh, on our Imperfectly, Imperfect Unity uh, podcast, me and the Pastor Mingo, we're going to be talking about friends. So many of us have them. Friends. We're going to be talking about friends. We're going to be talking about your bad friends, your good friends, how friends mess with your marriage and your relationship. We're going to be talking about it. So on our Imperfect Unity podcast, make sure you're here Thursday night, 9 p.m. Put the kids to bed. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a great show. And we're going to share some of our crazy, crazy stories with you. Also, next week on our Liberty BR podcast on Monday night, Monday night's going to be our our uh, Bible Bible quiz well, quiz night. So we're going to be doing our, uh, our quizzes. We're going to be giving you some questions. If you get it right, you might get some money. You might get some prize. Some prizes. It's going to be really good. So uh, have everybody ready. Get the Bibles and sit in front and have your phones ready to dial in your answer. All right. Hey, I love you guys. I pray for you. I bless you. I hope you have an amazing, amazing, amazing night. God bless. <laughs>